Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, the host. Your My guest today is someone who has been doing Kickstarter for quite a while, but you might not have heard of them as they have been doing Kickstarter projects from a uh, place far away from the United States uh, in Sweden. But you might be aware of their content because they've had some very popular Kickstarter projects. And the reason I have them on the show is because not only have they done some very successful Kickstarter projects, 18 in total, but their latest Kickstarter project has allowed them to uh, be noticed through the combination of the art and the gaming to be picked up by Amazon and turned into a uh, television show. So we appreciate having Thomas on the show. Thomas, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Good to be here. Thomas, you are... um, the owner of Free League, uh, Free League Publishing, and you have a Kickstarter campaign that you've run several, but the one that we're talking about is um, Tales from the Loop. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. Uh, Tales from the Loop started out as uh, a project, an art project by a guy named Simon Stollenhag. Uh, see, he started around about five, six years ago now doing this this art that he's put up on his blog. Uh, uh, it was sort of a um, uh, a, a version of his own childhood. So it's like Sweden in the 80s, early 90s, but infused with uh, robots and dinosaurs and all kinds of fantastical machines. It's really this combination of the mundane and the fantastic, and, and it's done in, it's really well done. And that sort of got some attention. So that's where it sort of started out. And we, uh, as a, we publish uh, role-playing games primarily, and, uh, and now also art books. We approached him uh, around this time about making an art book, uh, turning his art into an art book, basically. So we agreed, we did that. First, just published it in Swedish. Um, just a small thing, no Kickstarter at that time. But then we sort of realized that this could have international potential. And then that's when we started. We did the Kickstarter for his, to, to publish an English language version of the art book. And this would have been 2015. Uh, and that kind of took off. And when you say took off, how 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 much exposure or how many um, how much money or backers did you get for that first English version of the project? Yeah, that first project, uh, let's see, it was actually uh, published because at that time, as a Swedish company, we couldn't use Kickstarter, so we had a partner in the U.S. To, for 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 it. Uh, so uh, it was actually under a different uh, different. So, uh, but it was about uh, let's see, I don't want let's here it is. It was that Kickstarter, we had uh, about 3,890 backers, and this total sum was, I think, a bit over $300,000. Which is fantastic if that's really one of your – I mean, you had done a Kickstarter with the, the Swedish book, but suddenly this thing burst on the scene, that many thousands of backers and that much money. Did that catch you by surprise? Yeah, it did actually. We had no, I mean, we, we, we knew this was a, a thing. And of course, Simon had a following personally, and, but, but and still the way we had no idea uh, it would take off like this. So yeah, it was a bit of a surprise and, you know, obviously a very pleasant surprise, but still it was like, oh, now we really have to sort of, you know, take it seriously and really, you know, roll with it. And that's what we've been. So we've been, you know, working with Simon and, and since then doing games based on this and, and more books and, and, Set more projects, you know, but that's where it started. 
And you bring up an interesting point because then you've done one Kickstarter after another after another for a total of 18. And so it sounds like, you know, just a little here, an idea there. Um, but it appears that art seems to be at the very heart of what you're doing, even though you're doing games. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's part of uh, it's not all, you know, the, the only thing that's definitely part of, of what we do. And that is I mean, we, we do games, uh, but the, the visuals and the, and the design part is really important as well. I think the combination of. Uh, game design, gameplay, but also the the graphic design is really sort of key to what we do. Now, Simon's response when you approached him and when he started having the success, did it? What was his response to this? Oh well, I mean, I guess he was happy about it. I think we all were, uh, and it, of course, uh, it, it was, uh, you know, uh, and it's, yeah, I mean, it, that sort of kicked off a partnership between us and him. And the first one was just that project, but since then we've been. Uh, and he's also now a partner in the Free League company as such. So, I mean, now we're sort of in, in it together. You are. And speaking of in it together, because then you, you did a variety of projects. And then this Tales from the Loop uh, came about. A role-playing game that you created set, I think, is in, in the 80s, 90s. When's that, book, when's that game set? Yeah, the game is set in the 80s. Uh, so it's sort of based on the, 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 the universe, the art book, but then we sort of expanded it into a game because turning it into a role-playing game, we had to flesh out this universe. And we did that uh, with Simon as a consultant, but then also another writer who did sort of the game writing part of it, and then we just put it all together. And not only did you put it together, but you put it together with a significant amount of success. I think on that project, the Tales from the Loop, 5,600 backers, 5,600 backers is a significant number of people who feel that they want to do this. Again, you've had hundreds of backers, thousands of backers. It feels like this has been a, a plan of start little, start with this little uh, book, Swedish, English. Suddenly now it's bigger and bigger. And now you're racking up um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for this. Was that part of the plan? Was that the, kind of the systematic sit down and say, here's where we want to go and here's how we're going to get there? Well, I wish you could say it was all a master plan. That, that's not really the case. But Sure, sure. I mean, once we, I mean, we realized that on, in that first Kickstarter and, and the way that took off, since then we've been working fairly systematically, I'd say, uh, with turning uh, uh, these uh, books and this universe into games uh, and also publishing more books in the same, in, uh, by Simon in the same sort of, in the same setting. So, I mean, since then we did, like you mentioned, the Tales from the Loop uh, role-playing game Kickstarter. And then we've only more recently, uh, last fall, I think it was September, we had a Kickstarter for Things from the Flood, which is like a sequel game to Tales from the Loop that actually had uh, even more backers. It did. You're right. Uh, I'm looking at that now. You had 50, 5,800 backers, so even more backers. So it appears that you've tapped into something. Now, what's interesting, and the reason that we're, we're on the call, because this is fascinating. It's a story that we've seen play out over and over with, particularly role-playing games do very well on Kickstarter. But in your case, now it has gone to yet another level, and that is um, with Amazon um, Video coming to you and now wanting to create a series on Amazon Prime for your game. Can you tell me a little bit about how that happened? Yeah, I can tell you a little bit. I mean, I should say that that the Amazon TV show is is based on Simon's world and his 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 work. So it's more I get more than particularly on the RPG as such. I mean, there's all kinds of sort of uh, ins and outs uh, regarding how that whole thing works. I should say, I mean, obviously, uh, I, I strongly believe that our Kickstarter and the work we did on the game has certainly helped. Uh, get get attention to this world and Simon's work, but 
I mean, most of the credit is definitely Simon's uh, himself. So I, I, we shouldn't, I shouldn't take too much credit for that. Valid point. Very valid. But, but definitely, yeah, it's, it's a, an amazing thing that, that it's uh, turning into a TV show now. And then, you know, hopefully it's going to stay true to the Simon's vision and the work that we did on the game as well. Are you having any input on that? You, Simon, or the company having input on the production of this, of this television show? Not in any detail, no. I mean, it's mostly been, that's mostly Simon's uh, thing to be, he's sort of handling that and his agents are working on that uh, mostly. So we're not directly involved, no. But still, that'll be fun that, uh, that, your, that your game um, will have a, a, uh, a parallel, I guess we could say, mm-hmm. um, right, in the, in the visual world for people. And I have to believe it'll expose the uh, game to that much bigger of an audience because the name, will the show be called um, Tales from the Flood? Uh, excuse me, Tales from the Loop? I believe so. Yeah, that's at least my understanding. But yeah, and, and definitely, of course, it's it's, uh, and we hopefully we can see some more exposure for the game as well, and and for for the books uh, being held by the TV show, and then we'll definitely try to sort of uh, make a few new releases and things, you know, in, in conjunction with the TV show release to sort of uh, see if that can gain some some further attention. That'll certainly be a, a fun one to to watch. Now, this is one of the things, but you, I, I'm. I'm noticing as I see the projects, you have another project that you launched, another a game. Um, it's not an RPG, but the Crusader Kings board game. Yeah. Right. That project, even more backers now, 6,170 backers on that. Was that, I mean, how, how is this coming about? Because as you're going down a path, suddenly are you seeing new opportunities present themselves that come to you and say, hey, we can do this now, which is different than what you've done in the past? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, it definitely, you know, having some success in Kickstarter, I think really opens doors and it sort of makes it possible to do other things and new things. And I think uh, the Crusader Kings that, that you mentioned, it's it's our most sort of successful Kickstarter to date. And, and that is, uh, it's a, and that is for a board game, which is a bit different from a role-playing game. And the market for board games is bigger than for role-playing games. So that's our attempt, having built a reputation uh, for doing role-playing games and, and, and doing Kickstarters fairly well. Uh, we also we, we, we wanted to explore the opportunity and, the, and to also go into board games because those have also been quite successful on Kickstarter and we wanted to try out that. And uh, so we approached uh, a computer games company called Paradox Interactive that makes Crusader Kings a computer game. Uh, and then we uh, pitched a board game based on that uh, with them. So we, together with them, we launched this Kickstarter uh, last summer. So we launched it in May. It sounds like, Thomas, you approach your projects by finding something of interest to one audience and transferring that interest to a yet a, a totally different audience. Talking about Simon with his art, uh, introducing it to role players, talking about uh, Crusader Kings as a video game, introducing it to board gamers. Is this an approach that you use looking out there for intellectual property that maybe you think you can find another audience for by moving it to another platform? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, um, role-playing games and also board games are sort of at the heart of what we do. So, I mean, that's sort of where we come from. But then we are, you know, we have ideas and influences from all kinds of other uh, other areas as well. And in this case, I think it works because I think Kickstarter works best when you have, it can be hard if you start with nothing. It, you sort of, it, it really helps if you have something to build on and that can be 
your own reputation or, or, or someone else's reputation, if you find a good partner, uh, that can also really help because that sort of, you have to get the word out in the beginning to get the ball rolling, so to speak. Then once that sort of started, then, then it can sort of keep going, but you sort of have to get that early momentum going. You know, that's interesting because you talk about that early momentum. You now have that momentum and so you can approach and show a track record. If, if, a, if a company is starting out, they've got a game idea or they've, they've seen some art similar to what you've done. And how, what advice would you give them to somebody who wants to start off, doesn't have that momentum, sees, see somebody's other creation and they want to leverage that? Is there some advice that you can pay, um, pay forward with that? Uh, it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just trying to find if you don't have that sort of a base already or find a partner who does that you sort of work together with. I mean, finding that partner would be one way to do it. Uh, if And another way, I guess, would be to sort of build up a community before you go to Kickstarter. I think sort of lay the groundwork, so to speak, and sort of get the word out and, and do things before you. So you don't I don't think it's a good idea to go to Kickstarter with a, with an idea, no matter how good that idea is, if that's the first thing you do, you sort of have to build the groundwork for it first. And so in your case, it was Simon going to Simon and then having the idea of publishing this book. Had he published a book before that or was all his artwork on his blog? It was only on his blog. Yeah, no, he hadn't published a book before. So that, this was his, uh, for his first book. And so then you did the book, you gained the trust you saw that it worked. You went to the English version. Now suddenly you have the momentum rolling. Um, I think that's a good plan as I talk to so many uh, prospective Kickstarter project owners as they're looking for a way to get that attention, finding somebody who's done something similar. In this case, Simon with his artwork that's just kind of starting up and you with your games that are starting up. How long have you been doing the games before you did the Kickstarter? Well, we started out very small. I mean, the free league started out as something we just did on basically our free time. We all had other day jobs. Uh, we started out uh, around 2011, around there. Uh, so, and we released a, few, a couple of games uh, only in Swedish. Uh, and then our first game in English was in 2014. It was called Mutant Year Zero, uh, which actually was not Kickstarter, the first, uh, the first book. But since then, we sort of moved most things into Kickstarter. So we, uh, the same thing there, that actually we didn't start out with a Kickstarter. That actually came as a sort of a second step. Has this allowed you now, this success allowed you now to full-time do this um, with uh, Free Press? Yeah, and for now, uh, uh, as, you know, it sort of took a number of years to sort of move, move in that direction. But now we're a small team here uh, who are doing this full-time. I, I have to ask, is... Is role-playing games and board games um, very popular in Sweden? Because it sounds like you've had some success coming out of, of the Swedish market itself. Yeah, uh, yeah, they are. I mean, there, there's a strong board game and role-playing game community here. I mean, it's, it's a small country, so obviously it's a much smaller market. But I would say per capita, it's probably pretty among the stronger. So definitely that's sort of a core for us, a core audience is the Swedish role-players. But they're not that many, so they're not really enough just numerically to sort of base it as a market to base a business on. But there's still sort of a, a, a core that we that sort of that know us very well. And that sort of and we can sort of that's how we started out. And that helped us in the early days. Well, you must be the rock star then of uh, the gaming community in Sweden. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Right. I mean, you're, you're the ABBA, right? You're the, the ABBA <laughs> of, the, of the RPGs. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. But, but yeah, maybe. 
But maybe because uh, I think uh, that you're doing very well. And uh, I think, Thomas, what you're doing is you're showing a path of success that I think is uh, very doable for a lot of people who are looking to do something similar, not necessarily all the way up to the um, uh, television show like on Amazon Prime, but how to start small, how to keep focused, and then how to leverage that little by little. You've done a very good job of laying that out. Thank you. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. This has been fascinating because, um, again, a, a common, a common uh, contact of ours, Aldo Ghiazzi with Impressions, now Flat River Group, was uh, the one who put us in contact. I'm certainly glad he did. It's been fascinating to talk to you and to, to learn about what you're doing. Can I just, the last question I have before we wrap up, what's next for Free League Publishing, for Free Alligan? Where are you guys going next? Yeah, we have a couple of things up our sleeve. I mean, uh, of course, uh, we're going to finish the games that we already kickstarted. That's first. But then we have a pretty big project coming up. I wish I could tell you more. But it, <laughs> I have to. Yeah, in a few months, uh, it, it will all be revealed. Excellent. All right. Well, Thomas, thank you very much for joining me on the show. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Funding the Dream. My guest has been Thomas Harenstam from Free League Publishing or Free Alligan. His game, Tales from the Loop, has been on Kicks- was on Kickstarter a while back, but has been picked up. The artwork has been picked up for a show on Amazon Prime called Tales from the Loop. I think uh, we'll look forward to seeing that come out. Thomas has been very generous with his time and also his advice about how to begin a project small and then build that into successive projects as they get bigger and bigger. I know I've been inspired. Hopefully you have too. Thank you for listening. Take care.